Geek Shock. Let Geek me Shock. tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and the moon up above and a thing called love. Twilight time. Stepped off the stage and died. What? Yeah. That's, I guess if you're going to go as yeah, I mean, that's the way to exactly go. exactly the way to do it. <laughs> you Take your bow. And, you couldn't have scripted that anymore. Yeah. No, 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 no. Go on stage. He might have gone on stage for all I know, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's either right off the stage or right. I mean, he just finished a song and died. Wow. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Do, don't do a Kevin Smith where you finish one show, go backstage, and, and then your assistants call the ambulance. You, you, you just want to go. Kevin Smith died? Um, almost. <laughs> yeah. Stop yeah. spreading rumors, Andy. <laughs> well, you see, there was a begrudging invitation, and uh, it. Uh, <laughs> what is that in reference? That, to that's that? a. That's a. That's a. Uh, that's a. No one knows what that means. Yeah, I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, even. no, I'm Andy lost. has no clue. No. Okay, then no. that makes four of us. Yeah, <laughs> three of you. And I've already forgotten. Oh, you fr- know! I've already forgotten the phrase. Damn it! Damn it! You'll have to do it. I'll have. Oh, you'll have to remember the phrase. Do it, Kay. I do remember the phrase. Oh, you're so good. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, it's uh, there's that meme, some uh, douche nozzle Brad Anderson, and I'd... it's it's a Twitter thing. Okay. And uh some he's arguing about um, a woman made a comment about something about yes but whatever that is i don't know what they're talking about directly but it's atlanta they're they're, women are talking somebody suggested that the women do a uh sex strike in in uh, georgia (laughs) oh yeah for for the abortion abortion ban that they just and and her comment was along the lines of that frames it is sex is something women is subjected to and you know it it's not something that they enjoy and his comment was, well, I see your point, but to be perfectly honest, uh, I've never met a hetero woman who actually enjoyed sex. No, that's not, what he said. He went into that sex. That is the went, worst no, went cell in, phone. He went into, <laughs> no, he's worse than that. Went, went into sex with something participation. Enthusiastic on participation. I don't. Yes. Enthusiastic <laughs> participation. Again. <laughs> best <laughs> self own. Even worse. Yeah. Yeah. And that's wow. that's the context. Yeah. Everybody's like, imagine just like re- reporting yourself right. for, to the world like that. And it's really funny because my when I shared it, my thing was my dad never talked to me about girls. Okay. Ever. But so my mom handled that and she did an extraordinarily bad job of it okay and um andy and i were talking about this and we kind of parallel it was basically the mechanics and and nothing no talk really about relationship or no, anything no, that's like when that. a mom when a mommy and a daddy love each other very much yeah like, but the slot egg goes into tap <laughs> and so that as is, robin williams put it an industrial film with fur exactly mm-hmm. that and, is oddly identical to how my sex talk <laughs> went down yeah like yeah. my my dad you know it was like i was you know moving into the teen years and my dad for some reason apparently didn't want to broached the subject so mom sat me down one time and went through it all and just like you said right. it was it was more about the mechanics of it yeah sure and, and yeah. now she did like at some point go and it's like now when a man and a woman love each other yeah it's something for them to show their love for each other 
after she had gone through all the mechanics of it and so forth. So. By the way, is is that your phone? It's mine. I was trying to turn the friggin' alarms down. Was oh. the thing was starting. I can't figure out how to do it. Oh, this is my phone. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number four hundred and eighty-seven. I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff, enthusiastic participant. Yes, in fact, Jack Dandy, also an enthusiastic participant. And we're to talk about how we learned about the birds and the bees. <laughs> yeah, well, and no, the my, flowers and the trees. My point. The- my point was, I had to glean a bit about sex through observation in terms of attitude. And my mom actually, you know, she was. You'd see a, a love scene, say, in a, in a TV show or movie where the woman is being aggressive and my mom would snort and be like, male fantasy. And, you know, she complained about men a lot. So I, re- I actually did, uh, you know, enter those years thinking sex is something women put up with and ah. endure. Sure. So, so witness my surprise when the, that first time I had a girlfriend, she's like, you know, ready and willing and wanting. And I was just like, wow. Mom, you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, no, I didn't go that <laughs> Just come running into Mom? the house. Yeah, really. Mom, I got something to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Dude, it, it was so goddamn funny. Uh, I remember one time she was over. We were in the living room. We're watching some video or something, and we're on the couch, and she's leaning against me, my arms around her, and she just takes my hand in hers and cups her boob with it. No. Oh. So my hand is sandwiched between boob and her other hand, and I'm just sitting there like, this is the most amazing thing <laughs> Ever, mm. you know, and it, it was just funny. I found the one. Yeah, well, you know, because it was just sort of like, wow, they w- women do want this. It, uh, it, at least know. this one does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So it would, boy, oh boy, that I had to unlearn so much shit mm-hmm. uh, in college and and try I think to. We all do. Oh man, yeah. wow. But um, it was funny that 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 little tweet thing was really hilarious because the women. Just oh, sure. piling on. Yeah. It's just well, it's, it's an easy joke. I'd like, it's to, rep- an easy I'd like to report a suicide. Oh, yeah. It was bad. <laughs> 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 God. Man. Yeah, my education was very conservative and liberal at the same time. Oh, my. Because we never had the talk. They gave me a couple books. Oh. Really? Oh. Yeah. But the two books were Where Did I Come From, which is a very... Young, yes. cartoony. Many of you might have seen it, at least in the library, because they all seem to have we're, it. We're back right. to Tab A and Slot B. Now. Right, but it's but it does it with cartoons. And the other book, The Joy of Sex. Oh, that's intense. Oh, wow. Your parents yeah. gave right. you that book? I had them both. The, wow. the, the Dr. Ruth book. No. Yeah, the the, the, the 70s with the, with the pencil drawings all throughout it. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And lots of pubic hair. Yeah. That oh, yeah. Hair. That guy yeah. was a hairy bastard. Yeah. He was. <laughs> they both were. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the um, Lysistrata. The, yes. The, 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 the Greek play in which all the women protest the men off to war by not having sex with that them. Has come up, that's come up because of the Atlanta thing, mm-hmm. which means the phrase, which I'd never heard before, uh, uh, the, the sexual position, the lioness, the lioness crouching on the cheese grater, I think it is. It's like, and nobody knows exactly what the phrase means, but it's in Lysistrata. I sh- it's like, I shall not spread my legs for him. I shall not do the lioness with, with crouching on the cheese grater for him. 
I should clarify. Wow. Wow. I didn't mean Dr. Ruth wrote the book. I just remember that my introduction to the book was her talking about it on her show. Yes. Because it's it's written by some other guy, right? On sex. It wasn't hers, but it it was an ubiquitous book. Oh, yeah. Those days, it was a big, yeah. I think it was done by a couple. In the 60s, late 60s. Yeah, it was. Yeah, something like that. It was. Um, It's a good book. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It, it taught me much more than I should have learned. Yeah, really. at, that, at that age. At that age, did I like. Did it have I, the lioness crouching on the on the cheese, cheese grater? grater? Uh, in the appendices. Yeah. yeah really. Well, that oh, lion if you get crouching the appendices, on the appendix, man. Ow. Now, now we're talking Jeff territory. If you're reaching the appendices. <laughs> God. God. Ooh, Andy. Glorious. Andy. Um, yeah, it's really funny because somebody actually like uh, Alyssa Milano was the one who did the whole sex strike thing. And, and somebody was like, uh, why don't you like maybe a general strike? (laughs) 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 Like, you know, make it something truly meaningful. Very, very funny. Because it's just like, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. Craziness. But anyway, I'm on a sex strike too, so <laughs> that'll teach Atlanta. There you go. That's right. Damn it. Now what Take am I going to do? Take that Atlanta. <laughs> the whole state. It's not just Atlanta. It's Georgia. That's true. Yeah. It's Macon. Macon's really the one who's pushing it. Macon what? Yeah. Macon bacon. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. Aww. 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 Gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? Well, Andy and I finished Daredevil. Yes, we did. And. Do you like how it ended? It actually ends. It has a good ending. Okay. It, yeah. it is set up that you keep going, but it does end satisfyingly. It was satisfying. Yeah. Daredevil. It was satisfying. Yeah. There you like go. Like Lysistrata. Yeah. yeah. Any other notes about Daredevil? Uh, Bullseye shows up. Yep. Their, their, their version of Bullseye is, is wonderfully twisted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As if regular Bullseye wasn't twisted enough. I know. This, right. guy, this guy's next level. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, they do some nice. Uh, I don't know how deep to go without spoiling, but there are consequences. It has, no, 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 no. It has, it has been out for a little while yeah. too. So I'm I'm talking about when Kingpin is researching Bullseye. Oh yeah, because uh, he, he uses his kingpinness to get you know stuff, uh, dossiers, psych files, and everything. It, it, and they it, it, they start doing these kind of like funky college production things where kingpin walks in and observes his childhood uh, as he's going through stuff in a very oh. minimalist type space. It as, may it may have been originally written. As flashbacks, and it would cut back to showing stuff in, you know, maybe sepia tone, and it showed the scene. But instead of doing that, they just scan across the room, and the scene is happening in the room. Yeah, and right in, get, right in Kingpin's room, and he comes oh, walks over. He'll sit on a bench, and he'll just watch, you know, what's going on, and he'll watch as, you know, basically the 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 guy who becomes Bullseye kind of became what he was. So that's and, neat. I like that kind of style. Yeah, it was actually very, very. It was very interesting. Very, uh, very well done. Yeah, and then so. and D'Onofrio was amazing as he was the first time. Uh, yeah, I <clears throat> I liked him even. I don't know, man. I liked him more this one. Yeah, I yeah. It's just he uh, because a lot of times uh, his his vocal 
uh, affectation for Kingpin, <clears throat> it, it, it can sometimes get a little distracting. But when he's, there are literal scenes running, like when he's doing this quote-unquote research, where he's standing there reacting right. for minutes. And he's reacting. He's observing and he's reacting. And you see shit play across his face. You can see the gears turning. Yeah, exactly. And it's... It's pretty cool. And I'm sorry, An what's, actor's actor. And what's the actress that case plays Karen Page? I'm, her name? Uh, Deborah Ann Wall. Yeah. I mean, now that I've seen her doing d and I'm actually enjoying her acting even more. She was fine <laughs> before, but now I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, because I've seen her doing something completely different. And I know she can just riff. And uh, she's a pretty intense actress. And now for something completely different. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, it was it was actually... Uh, that's one. I mean, you know, Luke Cage, we mentioned it ended where we were like, oh, shit, this was just getting interesting. Uh, actually, the, the, uh, one of the final images, one of the final images for Iron Fist, I was all like, ha, ah. but, but this is the same thing. This, this, it wasn't so much an image as it just the way the story wrapped yeah. It, it did. It Every, did it very everything well. is nicely settled and complete in its own way, and it could move on to another thing or it could stay where it is. Yeah. So, where, j- whereas I really want to see the next season of Luke Cage, and I really want to, I don't necessarily want to see the next season of Iron Fist as much as I want to see the, uh, Nightwing. the uh, Nightwing Enterprises show that's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So, Jessica Jones season three, and that's it for Netflix Marvel Verse. That's it. And, and haven't even announced when that comes out yet. Yeah. But that is coming. We know that is. On its way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then from there, it's all Disney Plus stuff. Disney yep. Plus. And the whole new direction. Yeah. Suddenly WandaVision. Jessica, and suddenly and Jessica Jones becomes a Disney princess. Yeah. There you go. You, your dreams come true. Falcon and Winter Soldier. WandaVision. Yeah. And the Loki thing. Yep. The Loki thing. Which we what? now all understand how Hawkeye. it happens. Hawkeye. What if. Yep. Mm. A lot of stuff coming. Yes, indeed. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I want to put a thank you out Uh-oh. to Jay Godbold. Oh, God. Really? You're yes. just going to make his head swell. Well, for swell, a good right? reason. Uh, there is a horror convention that's coming to town. <laughs> uh, it's called Days of the Dead. It's It's got a few stops throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, ours is uh, June 7th through the 9th, I believe. So that weekend, uh, Matthew Lillard, unfortunately, had to cancel... Oh, Shaggy. Uh, but in his place is Clive Barker. Yeah. He, oh, he was pretty excited about that. I am super stoked. I haven't seen Clive Barker the flesh since Comic Con 2005, and that was when he was unveiling uh, his Jump Tribe plush line he did with Art Asylum. Yeah, he made a series of plushies with stories to go with it with Art Asylum, and they're all very Aberat style. If you know Clive Barker's painting art the cuddliest pinhead uh not as edgy there's a lot less uh points Ah, a nerf pinhead he looks kind of like a melted elephant at least the one that i got oh nice but anyway he is coming to days of the dead and not only is he coming to days of the dead uh he will be selling some of his artwork there too so this is my opportunity to get a piece of original Clive Barker art, which I've wanted for ages. Damn. Of course. Seriously, he has. It's Days of the Dead, and that means it's going to be super expensive. So we'll see. Yeah. Because yeah. there, there, there is a, I do have a budget limit. Yeah. To, you do? 
Yes. Wow. Yes. Melted Elephant is my Ted Nugent cover band, by the way. (laughs) It's it's shame on you for having that cover band, seriously. Yeah, really. Man, that's a... That's a good time of the month. You know, it, it, we got to get a hold of his people, see if he would, uh, you know, guest star on that week's podcast. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, know, no problem. Get him pop on. Yeah. Uh, who else is going to be there? Malcolm McDonald's going to be there. Nice. Uh, nice. The kid that played the original Gage in uh, Pet Cemetery. Okay. Uh, also, the kid that, well, he's not a kid anymore, but the actor that played the original kid in Child's Play is going to be there. Nice. Wow. So and I'm forgetting a whole bunch of people, but there's a whole bunch of people. There's a whole bunch of people. Yeah, sounds like fun. A lot of lot of Jasons are going to be there. Uh, not Kane Hodder, but a lot of others. Yeah, we already met Kane Hodder. We have met Kane a couple uh, yeah, of times actually. Now yeah, that I think true. about it, wow, <laughs> couple times, Andy. Mm, I haven't met Kane Hodder once. So I'm super duper excited. I'm glad. So he, I'm excited for you. Can't, can't, Isn't that the weekend, weekend before the amazing Vegas Comic Con too? Probably, which means that I won't be spending a whole lot of Vegas Comic Con because mm-hmm. I've done it the week before. Andy, Kane Hodder nearly killed Torgo. Really? Oh, yes. Uh, uh, back when we were still doing interviews for the video show, I had the opportunity to interview both Kane Hodder and... Robert England at the same time. It was pretty awesome. For some web series like, or something. Wow. Simultaneously on the same camera thing? Yes. Wow. And I was so starstruck and flummoxed, I couldn't think of what was coming out of my mouth. And so I started ask, asking stupid questions of things they'd already answered. And that earned me a swat from... Uh, from Mr. Hodder. A very right nice. It, it, it was oh, a, God, tell me you have that footage still. It, oh, yeah. yeah. We do. It oh. was a very playful hit on the back, but from someone who doesn't know their own strength. And he went flying forward about two or three feet when it hit him. I was like, <laughs> Mongo straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. I would like to pet the bunnies. <laughs> I, I would love to see Todd get all Chris Farley. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know the part where you, you oh, took yeah. the machete and you, you chopped the girl that, that, was, that awesome. was awesome that was awesome <laughs> it was both my best and worst moment at the same time yeah. <laughs> he's he's being far too hard on himself it, it was actually a pretty good interview but yeah that was i i'm sitting there behind the camera and my eyes went wide when i saw him slap him on the back and he went flying forward and i was just That's like great man. at first i mean at first i thought oh he's playing for the camera and then i realized the look on your face that he had actually hit you and didn't realize how hard he hit you. <laughs> once you got the, once I should have, I, I should have tattooed the red mark on my back. Once oh, you got the lungs back into place. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. You just like stagger up to Jeff. Jeff, get me to a tattoo parlor quick before this fades. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which would be oh, in two days for what oh, it looks oh, like. Oh, that would hurt though. Yeah, tattooing a fresh bruise. Yikes. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> And Jeff would record every minute of it. In the you end, can guarantee it. that. It'd be like a new ketamine uh, talk. <laughs> Jeff. Yes, Todd. This really hurts. I'll bet it does. <laughs> now, am I filling this in? No. Jeff's like, yeah, fill yes. it in. Yes. <laughs> fill it in with red. <laughs> Blood red. Jeff. No, darker. <laughs> Perfect. Not dark enough. Do it again. <laughs> I finally, uh, I finally saw a movie. I finally brought myself to to watch a movie that oh. I had been on the fence about. Uh, I okay. finally saw Venom. Oh, oh good lord! Oh my! Um, What's the report? Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. 
once you get past the way they change the origin story to essentially eliminate it from the Spider-Man universe, it was actually uh, somewhat enjoyable. Really, I I, I was surprised. That's, that's I, not a that's not a this chocolate covered dog poop tastes good kind of thing. No, no, I mean it's it it's really not it's not a great film by any stretch of the imagination. But it was it was interesting and and fun. And I think if they yeah. had had a way to tie it into, you know, the greater MCU or something like that, it it would have been another step better. But uh, wasn't as terrible as I thought it was going to be going in. <laughs> maybe review. maybe it's because I went in with such low expectations. I'm sure it's a big part of it. I will say all the trailers for it made it look absolutely horrible, and it's yes, not it as bad as the trailers made it look. So. All right, because right, yes, so, it did. Andy, it was right. If you got like a dollar rental for a you know red box or something lying around, it's it's worth a it's worth a view. I, I wouldn't probably haven't given it back it. to your ex yet. Yeah. Just you know, go ahead. <laughs> Now you, you three went to see a yes. movie tonight. Tell yeah. me about that. Yeah. We went to see... Uh, Debbie what? Does Vegas. How no, was that's it? That's, 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 wow. that's it. It's crazy. I still don't know how they snuck into uh, Siegfried and Roy's Secret Garden. Oh, wow. But once they were there, they definitely did the uh, the lioness uh, crouching uh, on the, the cheese grater. Cheese grater. <laughs> followed by the, the, the dolphin uh, spins twice. That's right. I love that's my, favorite, the that's my favorite Hitchcock movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we we saw what you what we left behind. That was the what Star did we leave behind? Star Trek Deep Space Nine documentary. Vernon. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh wow. Wow, Andy. <laughs> God damn. Straight out the gate. Right now, Vernon is like. Fuck! What the? Where? What? He doesn't even listen to this show. I know, but no, no. I mean, right now at home, he oh, he's like, he's, "Ow!" He, he sensed disturbance in the force. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a great documentary. Uh, interviews with all the cast. Although you could definitely tell the the footage with Avery Brooks was archival, and if I'm not mistaken, it was from the, the uh, captain. The captains. It's actually credited. I saw oh, is the it, credit. Did? Okay, so, I didn't. I didn't catch that in the credits. So what we left behind. Uh-huh. Deep Space Nine documentary. Yes. Mm-hmm. All the ins and outs. Yeah, uh, and, and it was less about, you know, the things that they went through developing it, but it would tend to focus more on the characters. They talked about the actors and the character development and kind of its place in history now that we're 25-plus years past I, its debut. I enjoyed debut. the fact they actually focused on the writers quite a yes. bit. Yeah, they focused on the writers. Awesome. And, yeah. Yeah, they, um, they did an interesting conceit where they were like, if we magically got permission and a budget to do whatever the hell we wanted, let's do the pilot for season eight. And then they did a writer's meeting with Ira Stephen Bear, Echeverria, Ronald Moore. Oh, wow. And then um, they got somebody to illustrate it. So they, but as they're discussing it, they're they're showing animatics. Oh, that's yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, the the episode that they came up with, and you know, their I think they said what two days was what they were talking about it. They, they did it one day in one day. Yeah, okay. they did it one day, and it was it was like a real time age. So it's like this is DS Nine twenty years later, and so they start setting everyone up twenty years later. And nice. I would it was totally really watch fascinating. This. Yeah, I, I definitely would. I, I agree with Andy. It would have been an episode I would have definitely watched. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, then they said at the end of that, it's like, man, we just set ourselves up for a long season. <laughs> yeah, they did. They got they got a lot of stuff, and they got a lot of stuff in motion that would be very fun to watch develop. Yeah, wow, like a lot of seeds for the season that would you know cause well, a lot of know, drama. If there's enough, I don't say fan uproar or at least enough interest. It could be something they develop into a comic book or novel series. Oh, or it could have been just an elaborate pitch for trying to get a series on the, you know. Oh, I, yes, indeed. <laughs> and, I, of course, it's 20 years later. Would make sense with the actors. I will say this. I've never wanted to see a HD remaster of Deep Space Nine more now that I've seen this, uh, this documentary. Because yeah. they took 20 minutes of footage from um, original film prints all their scanned examples. it into HD, um, re-edited them to match the you know the DVDs, Blu-rays, and broadcast, as well as they fan-sourced a high-definition CG reimagine or uh, redo of the 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 battle scenes. Oh wow! The space battle scenes. So you have all this gorgeous footage, and it's all color corrected too for high definition, and I. There are some colors. I mean, I remember just walking around, um, you know, the experience because a lot of the, our color palette was based off of the set design. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it did not translate well. In fact, a lot of Deep Space Nine looked very gray on our TV screens with standard definition. But then you would see the high definition where there was that gray, but then there might be this really interesting orange casting a, a glow or this really interesting color of blue or purple, you know, with all the Cardassian architecture and stuff. So it was it was quite fascinating seeing it in high definition. But sadly, we still will probably never get to see a yeah, yeah. A, a Blu-ray release of no. DS9. I mean, it, it's the 20 minutes of clips they use, for example, to illustrate what they're talking about. Sure. And they were originally going to do five minutes of HD yeah. and 15 minutes of non-HD because it was just too expensive. And they got into it. And it's like, oh, yeah, they, 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 how do we pick which 15 minutes are going to be non-HD? Yeah. Sure. And then they're like, well, we'll never be able to afford this. And then somebody goes, well, why don't we try crowdsourcing and see what happens? And they got like the entire amount of crowdfunding that they needed in a very short period of time. So. Stay for the post credit scene because the post credit scene runs during the credits and it's wonderful. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, um, no, Curry. Um, totally lost the train of thought. Sorry. Right. So it's almost two hours long. It's almost two hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, theatrical. Um, the Blu-ray, they said, would have probably a little bit more, as well as a lot of special features. Because so, they, they cut out... They, they made the joke in the credits about if they had done everything they wanted to do, it would have been an eight-hour-long documentary. Um, <laughs> I do remember seeing several of the people that participated, like actors and writers, um, talking about the extraordinary amount of footage that did wind up on the quote-unquote cutting room floor because i mean they they would literally take out take out like chunks of the documentary like a whole you know storyline about this particular episode or this instance you know or individuals they they actually did a little in the credits they did a little apology to some (laughs) of the people who ended up on the floor oh wow and they had like I have five faces up or something. But yeah, when they would take out like that storyline, they would literally take out like a half hour chunk of the documentary. Yeah. So they had to keep taking these chunks right. out 
to to whittle it down to yeah. that approximate they, they, they two cut hour. out Morn, for instance. Like Morn is gone. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, that that seems like someone you want in your D Space Nine documentary. Yeah. Wow. That uh, lose Morn shows what they've kept. Yeah. 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 Uh, when they said eight-hour documentary, I leaned over to poor Vernon and said, an eight-hour documentary, or as Vernon calls it, a short. <laughs> <laughs> and I said something like, like when's it going to be done, Vernon? It'll be ready when it's done. It's ready. Yeah. <laughs> be ready when it's ready. I remember what I lost thread, the train of thought. I had. It opens up uh, pretty much one of the first things you see is um, the act that Max Grudenchik. Yes, doing this wonderful. Played Rom. Is that, no, the guy doing the speech that I'm talking about. The guy giving the speech about... Um, explaining what you can do in a documentary and why it's not all truth, but it is the truth and, and, and it's all based on memory and stuff. This is a, just a brilliant. Oh, that's great. Iris Stephen Bear. Yeah. Iris Stephen Bear, who is the who was showrunner co-director as well as no, showrunner. No, no, no. It's one of the He's actors. talking about um, Andrew Robinson. Oh, yeah. It. When he does his little, uh, yeah, yeah, the whole space battle, you're going to start with that. Right, that thing. That thing starts off with that thing. That speech is just a brilliant explanation of why documentaries are wonderful and why you can't accept them as the the be all and end all of the truth well and it's also i mean they they did the clip clip towards the end of the show but it's also an homage to a line that his character says in the series which is he's like so which of the stories you've told are true and he's like he's like my dear doctor they're all true he goes especially he's like even the lies he goes Especially the lies. So <laughs> yeah, he was the perfect person to read that speech. Yeah. but it was a well-written speech. Oh, and Andrew Robinson is just a yeah. fantastic yeah. actor. Anyway, yeah. They, they, for you, for you non-Trekkies, he was the father in Hellraiser. Yes. Oh. Okay. He was the serial killer in Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry. Yeah. Oh. Which is just blows my mind every time I think about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the the feel yucky feel yucky feel lucky punk guy, or there's some one of the other ones. No, no, no. Oh. He uh, he's. He's the the long-haired one that that kills the the young girl. Yeah, and then the uh, actually hijacks okay. a, a school bus and yes, yes, okay. Harry confronts him. Um, I can't picture him in the hair. Yeah, that. no. Oh, yeah. It it, it very seventies hair. Extreme. Yep. It was so funny because I couldn't figure it out for the longest time. And then once you once you see it in the eyes, you can't unsee you it. can't unsee it. Yep, he is there. Uh, it was very very funny. Uh, they, I, I never watched that whole series. I, I had Duncan was born about that time, and I lost I lost the ability to keep follow it, follow it. I couldn't watch every episode, and and that was one of the things I mentioned is very. They lost people because it was very serial. You you couldn't just hop in and watch any episode. Audience, yeah, they lost audience, and and so I I'm I'm really looking forward to because I get to now I get to enjoy watching that whole thing from forward to you know, beginning to end now, and I'm really excited about watching it. Yeah, they sure. also draft this address the several factors as why they lost audience because because it was syndicated because it was serialized and because sometimes net you know network or independent. Uh, Television stations were showing it at four a.m. Yeah. Or, um, or it's moving or moving the time around, and you, you or know, skipping an episode. And people recording on VCRs did you know had to kind of pick and choose, unless yeah. you had more than one VCR in your house. They said they're developing a new fan base because of right. binging and streaming. Yeah, so they they found that interesting. Uh, one of the hilarious bits was the actors reading hate mail. Yeah. Oh, fun! <laughs> yeah, yeah, just people. Uh, writing in how and it's so funny because it sounds awfully familiar no, no, this is no, not no. star trek this isn't the star trek i know 
um, oh God, one one of them I almost laughed my ass off. Dax is too perfect. Oh wow, uh, you know shit like that. It was just it was just hilarious. <laughs> wow. They talked about they talked about um, uh, Avery Brooks uh, having his hair and being smooth shaven. And how they wanted from the start to actually have Captain Hawk, as I call him, but the Me network. Too. I called him that for a long yeah, time. Yeah, the, well. the network, and they actually spoke to a Paramount executive who was a head of Paramount TV, which was really cool. And and he was frank. He was talking about you know the connection to Hawk, and we didn't want to, we didn't want that too close at that time. Blah blah blah. And it was actually it was actually really. It was very informative, very cool. I would. They didn't actually say it during the, the thing, but the impression I got was that they were trying to make him, you know, Quiff Huxtable. They were trying to make him very a safe black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, no, uh, that's pretty uh, much what they were trying oh, to do, right? But without um, actually dropping the the, the, the Colmini said that. Yeah, Colmini yeah. said that uh, flat out. Not yeah. not Cliff Huxtable, but he said, you know, make He's, him ex. Uh, 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 Uncle, um, uh, he said, not quite Uncle Tom, but edging that yes. way. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I was trying to remember the line as well. Yeah, yeah. So, and and they talked about the impact and positive images for black men and black fathers. Uh, they rankled because you know the the series, uh, the eighties, the seventies, the nineties. Oh yes. Apparently, the nineties talked about uh, TV shows with. Black families and black representation. Homicide, I think they mentioned. Homicide, life on the street, uh, where oh, we got black characters where you know, like there's a, there are scenes where there are there nothing but black characters in the room talking to each other. And it, then it cuts to the, to like eight or nine shot, yeah, yeah eight or nine scenes and with Deep Avery Space Brooks with- and um, uh, what's her name who played the woman he was dating and and Cyric Lofton, uh, you know. Um, and it just showed it over and over and over again. You know, they had plenty of scenes which were just all black and black family and positive representations of that. And people really kind of ignore that DS9 did a lot of that, as yeah. well as they commented on the serial storytelling, which uh, was something that DS9 was actually rather pioneering in. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, it sounds fantastic. Man. Yeah, it is. I definitely it is. recommend uh, checking available, it out. It's available for on DVD and Blu-ray August 6th and okay. uh, well worth it, I think. It will be more important to you if you understand Star Trek and like Star Trek, but you don't have to like Star Trek to like this documentary. It's I think it's put together well enough that I mean, I, I, documentary I, lovers will enjoy this. I think it's enjoyable just watching all the people involved in it and how much yes. love they have for each other. Yeah, exactly. Because they were one of the the more family like casts. I was going to say um, I've never really picked up that kind of vibe from the other from the other casts, and I was kind of curious if that's just my own bias or if uh, you guys ever noticed no, that. No, yourself. you're not wrong. I, I there's a massive tome out there that it's one of those history by interview books that are out there they did one for snl they did one for daily show and they did one with all of the writers and actors of star trek original series and then they did a big book of all the series after that and it's just one of those compiled here's the history of star trek according to all interviews with these people right cut together and it it goes into one how much of a family that was Mm -hmm. And two, how much of a family the other ones weren't. Uh, 
Next Generation, yes. Next there, Generation, there was a, that had a family, yep. but Voyager did not. No. And frankly, uh, Enterprise. Enterprise did not. Yeah, they it's they were all kind of there to do their jobs, and then they kind of went home yeah. afterwards. But uh, yeah, Next Gen, they all still kind of hang out, get together, um, and DS9 is very much the same way. Uh, yeah, they were saying by, by um, all accounts. I mean, granted, I only have the accounts of the people that worked on the sure. show to I'm go s- off of. But I'm sorry, I just said his name. The kid that played uh, Jake, um, Sirak Lofton. Lofton. Yeah, uh, he. Avery Brooks would take him the basketball oh, games. Oh, I was wondering him. why you're bringing up Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. there were okay. sa- there were sad puppies. Um, yeah. No, he, but he was saying that uh, Avery Brooks used to take him the basketball games with his own son and, and introduce him as his kids. They yeah. developed a very real life father son relationship, which, which carries on to this yeah. today. Very carries cool. on to today. Very very cool. Yeah, yeah. I I always. It's funny because I always liked that show. One of the things I always remembered when I started with TNG and I was just having a hard time with it was uh, the somebody, a writer, you know, they were they were trying to express it in a positive light, but for me it didn't work because they were like coming up to Gene and, oh, Gene, thank you for this opportunity and I, I really am happy to be on this series. I, I have to admit, though, I haven't watched anything from the original series, so I don't, and he'd be all like, I don't want you to. I want you to come at it totally fresh and different. And, and for me, it really felt like that. Whereas constantly, uh, especially like Iris Stephen Bear, but, but all of the writers would, would reference the original series and go back to talking about it. And then you had the astounding trials and tribulations. And I always felt that DS9 had more, I'll say, affection for the original series than I really saw in the other series. Even though it was the one that was the most different from the original yeah, series. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it just was so radically different. You know, they're supposed to go to, I mean, another letter. They are supposed to explore and go to a different planet, and they're, they're on this stupid, boring station. Not a yeah. soap opera on a station, yeah. as the station turns, is <laughs> yeah. what one of the letters as called the it. the station turns. That's yeah. what one of the letters called it. Oh, it was so God. funny. It was so funny. It was, it was great. And the actors were just loving reading it. They're just laughing their asses off. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. It was, it, it is. I'm so it glad is great. someone saved those. Yeah. 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 So. Save your hate mail, kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I did also get to see Detective Pikachu over the weekend. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. It was surprisingly of, enjoyable. Of all the people here, he was the one I expected the least to go see Detective yeah. Pikachu. Oh, I, you thought Kay was going to see it? Come on. No, but I expect he would see it before Jeff. I and, needed, and, and I needed would something see it before it was made. Before right. all of us. Yeah. <laughs> I needed something a little light and not too, uh, you know, emotionally impactful. And it seemed like fun from the, the commercials. And, uh, and? and is uh, it? You know, my lady likes uh, Pokemon quite a bit. So, Did she uh, play Pokemon Go? She, uh, she does not play Pokemon Go, but she Fine. is an old school like Game Boy Pokemon mm-hmm. and then iterations afterwards. So was, uh, was it fun? Yes, it okay. was a lot of fun. Now, I, I have to, I told her afterwards, I was like, I'm the first to admit, like, I know probably a tenth of the amount of Pokemon that they showed on the screen. And she's like, she's like, well, Gen 2 was my, my, you know, her zone that she liked to live in. But uh, she said she recognized a lot of the other ones. There were some that she didn't recognize, but she was just impressed with like the scale that they got um, on screen with the live action uh, footage compared combined with the CG rather. So 
but yeah, she got quite giddy at a few points during the screen, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, one of the reviews I read afterwards did uh, say it was very much uh, just Deadpool without all the language. The way uh, Ryan Reynolds played Detective Pikachu, and does it break I the fourth wall? See, no, okay, I could kind of see that, but I, it just it's it's the the witty character that Ryan Reynolds likes to play, um, just as a more kid friendly version, I guess. But uh, I, I thought it worked. Um, I thought it was fun. I don't think you have to know a lot about Pokemon, apparently to, not, to go into this movie and still enjoy it because. Because I'm everybody I, uh, yeah. here. I, I know more about Pokemon and I don't care much for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So but yeah, it was a fun it was a fun movie. I, I enjoyed it. it. It's bled over into the game. That's why I pulled it up here. Yeah, I uh, noticed you yeah. pulling it up. Um yeah, the little And the game. The little the little side tasks. The side quests <laughs> they give you. Yeah. Uh they're they're right now I have Detective Pikachu, catch the fiery type of evolution of Eevee. So I'm supposed to remember, I'm about to do the math and figure out which that is and then and, and find them and catch them. Wow, I so. didn't realize the game was getting that complex. Yeah. Does that mean you have to go to a specific area in town to get that particular No, well, it used to be there used to be a site that would tell you where the where certain Pokémon were appearing, but that they stopped doing that. Started doing what randomizing it, it, it more? No, it was it was, uh, it was a third party thing and that they oh. they got they got shut down. Gotcha. But uh shut no, it down. now it's just a matter of random. I'm out there looking for fireys. Good, good, good luck. Yeah, I've seen the penultimate episode of Discovery second season. Okay, so I'm really enjoying that. So you're I, not finished with it, but you're no last got one more episode. Um, but I'm already. Uh, I, I, oh wait, you're the, you're on the second to last episode. Yep. You're gonna love that final episode. I know. Oh, I, the final I, episode's I, already I, out. Oh um, yeah, for Discovery. Yeah. Oh no, Star no, no sorry, Discovery? I thought we're, sorry, I, I missed. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know the game He's of thinking game I was. Of I was. <laughs> Careful with spoilers, Andy. Todd, oh, Todd oh, gets. I'm, oh, we're gonna get into that. I'm not oh, gonna okay. talk about Game of Thrones, but yeah, the the, the episode itself made me go, "Oh my god!" Mm. A couple of times, this, it made me go, and I didn't even watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but Discovery, it's it's. I really, I really like the Michael Burnham character uh, in the interactions with Spock. Yeah, I, I think that is where. That is where that is really, really working, at least for me, because uh, I, I had I had a problem with the first season. Uh, I still like Anson Mount as Pike, and I want a Pike series, you know, the most. But right. the guy doing Spock, I think, is doing a fine job, and him and um, uh, Green Martin <laughs> is, is that her last name? I, I Sonequa Martin Green. Martin Green. Um, th- I like Green Martin. Yeah. Green Martin. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I also have a drinky poo here. Give me yeah. some Absinthe. Um, <laughs> but but they they're working. They really they really work well together. They're, yeah, they do. They're really the chemistry is 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 palpable. Yeah, it's very very good. And I like what I, I like how I mean, you know, originally it I the meme where you know you see Leonard Nimoy as Spock and you you get all of this Spock you got a sister why didn't you tell me where is she you know what's her number and and uh Spock's like yeah that this is why I never told you about my sister but <laughs> um it you it, can't force Pond far yeah right but you you in watching this I no longer care about that because I think everything is working so well. Guy playing Sarek. Right. Um, uh, the woman playing Amanda. It, it all, you know what? 
I, I, I really wish they had the balls. It'd be great if they brought in, at some point, Cybok. They just figured out how to bring in oh, Looney Tune Cybok. I was going to say, he's like, because he, he also had a brother nobody knew exactly. about. <laughs> and you and your brother, brother? I think these people could actually figure out something to do with him. So, All right. So he had a sister. Sex change. That's your, that's your answer right there. No. No? <laughs> the answer is in the final episode, and that's all I'm going to say. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Uh, man. And, it, and, and it, I, I honestly think the way they set up the final episode lends a lot to... Do they, do they burn down Atlanta in the final episode? No. I just think it lends a lot to, if you take it in the context of that this is a prequel, you can kind of see... The slow why the, you had the slow development of the Spock character throughout the series in the movies. Yeah, it, it kind of sets that up. Now, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though those came way first, everything works. It, it, yeah. it, I think it actually works, and it is a lot of fun. Uh, they're 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 quickie jaunt on the 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 Enterprise. Yeah, that was neat. I want to see that. I want to mm-hmm. see that because it's unlike say Star Trek the Motion Picture, which really, you know. It, it's really funny because when you look at the palette for the motion picture of the Enterprise interiors, it's the palette of the cage, the oh. original pilot, right? And then they then well, they depending then, on what deck you're on, yeah, you know. But then you get into uh, you get into the Technicolor of the uh, this this the series, and they actually kind of lean into that. With uh, with what they're doing in Discovery, when you when, um, when you briefly go on the Enterprise, yeah. there, there, there's a whole article about uh, them trying to get the red for the center console on the bridge of the Enterprise, the proper color, because it's that it's first it, it in some scenes it looks very red, and in some scenes it's kind of reddish orange, yeah. and it basically it was the the paint that they used plus the lighting right. of the bridge. So they, they had to try to recreate well, that with that just a paint the, palette. The, the, isn't original, that the explanation for for Kirk's green shirts too? Is that yes. it's actually gold and it looks green in the light? No, it's it, vice versa. It's actually oh. green, but it appears gold. But he wears green shirts. That uh, these he, has, he, he wears like two different shirts. He wears right. like yes. the shirt you took. The wraparound taken, is green. The wraparound in green, yes. It, the, the wraparound was very green, okay. whereas the others were kind of a light mustard green. But Mustard because of green? the lighting, it came out as very yellow, which is why you yeah. called them gold shirts. Yeah. Right. You know, a lot of the fans in the, the old standard definition televisions, once it got scanned into high def, you started to see that deeper color palette that they used. In fact, uh, uh, one of the producers whose name escapes me right now, when he saw the original scans of the original series into high definition was just flabbergasted. He was like, those are colors I haven't seen in almost 50 years. Wow. Yeah. It's like when we shot this, I mean, this is just amazing. And, and get, get, if they could capture that and do a pike, number one. Yes. Rebecca Romaine. I think she killed it. I was stunned. I'm like, who is this person? And, uh-huh. You didn't realize that was her? I did not realize that was her. Nice. Holy shit. And yeah, she was very good. She was very good. And and then then there's another tip of the hat. One of the crew members on the bridge is this red-skinned, spiky, scaly, devil-looking creature, which 
actually, I think, is a nod to the original network criticism of Spock. I think you're right. Because at, at, at one point, Spock they actually was a Martian and was going to be red-skinned. Yes. And uh, they were terrified because, one, it looked incredibly satanic, and two, on black and white sets... The red actually came out as black. Yep. So so they, they did those alterations. But that creature, I looked at that creature, and I'm like, that has got to be what they are referencing. That has got to be hmm. their little inside joke. I haven't read anything that, that confirms that, but I agree with you. I do think that is a nod, too, because uh, I was very familiar with those stories as well, and I, I giggled when I saw that yes, character on yes. the screen. You, you, I just, I, oh, yeah. It was, just, it was hilarious. It was fucking hilarious. So, you know, I hope the hell they do it. But uh, uh, back to the original point, I've, I've liked where the series has gone. So, you know, but then again, I have no taste and I'm a lousy writer because I, I like where Game of Thrones has gone. So <laughs> I do, too, especially now that um, I won't say the specifics. <laughs> I'm watching. I you. will say the foreshadowing <laughs> makes sense now. When you go back and look at the previous season, you go back, it's like, oh, I see now that this has all been foreshadowed and I was just caught up in this character's journey and that's it. And now see, that is a fine Twitter comment that spoils nothing. Yep. That's beautiful. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so you... <laughs> Tor- Torgo shed a lot of Twitter um, posters <laughs> he- on his account because they were talking day of spoileries before he even had a chance to watch that. Wow. He's still following me last I checked, so I guess it wasn't the big explosive no, conversation. No, I followed between... you last night. Um... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're no longer his friend. Oh. The purge has begun. <laughs> All right, let me back it up. Okay, and, and this will cut into uh, Jake actually sent me this through Twitter as a message. Uh, Torgo, I have a question I want you to have addressed on the show. I am not your dancing monkey, but okay. Yes, you are. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> what exactly is a spoiler? I won't mention names, but me and a monkey are arguing on what is a spoiler. Like, is it Darth Vader's Luke's dad, or Rosebud is a sled, or is it the concept of just venting frustration about insert pop culture item? It's when Matt tells me that uh, uh, characters are not dead that are dead. I think and it's vice versa. <laughs> I think it's sp- uh, story plots. But it's time and context in which that they're revealed. I, I agree. Um, I'll, I'll back it up a little bit. I wasn't going to watch the latest Game of Thrones episode yesterday because my time is a little short this week. Uh, but the moment that I got on, tw- on Twitter, fools were spoiling shit left and right. Well, there's your first mistake. You got well, on Twitter. Well, that, well, that, well, that's just it. I shouldn't have to dictate how I enjoy my social media no, no, right. by I'm, how I'm saying, other people dic- enjoy their social media. I'm saying do. you it, should avoid social media altogether. I, I, I've, I've stopped. I realize that, but yeah. I I don't do it just for that. I, that's where so I get there's new sources that I look at there. That's where I see other right. pa- painters in Warhammer. That's I use it for different things. I, I just and I'm not, I don't want to throw away my Twitter because of a show that assholes might spoil. I just me personally, I've I've stopped going on Facebook and Twitter myself. So I get it absolutely. It's just it's just so too the moment exhausting. I saw that I'm like fine. I'm gonna watch the episode right now, and I did. And then afterwards I'm like, you know what? Now that I've watched the episode. I'm not going to be spoiled for it, but I do know that next week I won't be able to watch the episode because I'll be working that night. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yes. And so I'm like, I'm, the only way I know how to protect myself 
from these people that I know are spoiling this stuff is to just straight up unfollow them. Or you can yep. just complete radio blackout for that night, but yeah. I could radio blackout that night, but I'm not gonna because yeah. I'm not gonna let other people dictate what I do with my time. I would say in general, a spoiler is anything that's going to tell you plot elements that you didn't want to know ahead of time. Yes. Um, and it's also very, very fluid. I mean, years ago, my buddy Dave says, oh, you got to see The Sixth Sense. It's got a great twist. And I'm like, okay, it's got a twist. So well, already, already your mind is and I'm like, and right, waiting for and it. And I'm like, okay, it's going, I, no, I, I said it straight up. I'm like, okay, so I, I know it's about ghosts and Bruce Willis in it. Bruce Willis is a ghost. He goes, how did you know? I'm like, you, you, you just told me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if that is, for me, what happened with The Usual Suspects because... Five minutes into the film, I figured out who Kaiser Sose was. Because you knew there was a twist. Well, I, my friends were telling me, oh, my God, it's so good. You're not going to believe this. There's there's this really incredible plot change that happens. <laughs> and I'm like, I bet I'll figure it out. And they're like, it's no, sorry, you won't. Sorry for the three people who haven't seen it. We just spoiled the usual yeah. suspects and it sticks <laughs> sense for it. They're like, no, no, you won't figure it out. You, you won't know it until it happens. <laughs> I, I've had seven ruined for me, and I've never seen it. In fact, sure. my uh, my best friend at the time, we were watching it. He, in fact, he he was so insistent that I watch it. Pulled out the the VHS and put it in, and I turned to him and I go, "He's Kaiser Sose, isn't he?" He's like, "How the fuck did you figure that out?" And I'm like. You, I'll tell you at the end of the movie. You have magic Jeff powers. So. Yeah, this is true. I, Jeff does My have powers that. of deduction are mm. unmatched. But going back to <laughs> your couch's own Detective Pikachu. <laughs> there you go. I was so impressed with the Twitterverse in general on how they did not spoil Avengers Endgame. Yes. Yeah. It was impressive. I'm like, wow, people have gotten it. Nope, they haven't gotten it because within the hour of the end of Game of Thrones... <laughs> The whole the whole thing was out there. It is like a different fan base. The Avengers fan base were very very careful, whereas the Game of Thrones people. I mean, I know bullshit so because much some of the same people, same people, really. <laughs> yes. Oh, that is weird. I think I think personally, it's because Endgame. There's a lot of build up to a singular. There's eight years of build up. Shut up. Singular <laughs> movie <laughs> event. <laughs> <laughs> There's a singular movie event, whereas Game of Thrones, this is a television season that's coming to its end and has been running for a couple weeks now. And it's been building up, but it's been in the act of building up by way of experiencing it. And I think that's why television spoiling could be a little different from movie spoiling. And so I think that had a lot to do with it. I, and I so. fully agree with it. And I am not here to dictate how anybody runs their social media. When I realized what was happening here, I was like, you know what? This is on me to make sure that I don't see these people while this show is going on. If I unfollowed you and I know you. It's because you're a dipshit. <laughs> I will be following you again once I am all caught up and have seen everything. So this it's not like I'm permanently unfollowing you for this. No, I'm following you for the time being just to make sure because, I mean, I, I unfollowed writers that I... Are you keeping I, a list? I respect... Yes and no. He's, wow. he's Arya Stark. I, I, <laughs> he's keeping a list. Yeah, but with Arya, the list... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
there are people that I know. I mean, the people I know personally, of course, I'm going to follow you back when this is all done. And the writers that I know and love, of course, I'm going to follow them back as well. But the people that are ancillary and especially the people out there that are retweeting all the uh, the hot takes and the hot jokes about the spoilers and tweeting gifs, animated gifs of of like scenes you mean gifs that's what i said <laughs> and i'm like feige feige how are you like within 24 hours how are you showing a spoilery scene on your thing and going haha this is why a thing on my head it's it's so goddamn callous and some were wor- much worse than others mm. but there is a level of spoilage that i think changes over time as going back to yeah. what is a spoiler the further you are away from it the more in it's, depth on what it is i i as far as and again when it comes to spoilers your mileage may vary everybody has their yeah. own definition of what a spoiler is so that's really the ultimate answer to this question what is a spoiler for the person you're talking to may not be the spoiler for you and vice versa right if you're Where dumb if they're dumb spoilers might not exist right let, let me let me lay out a a a, a story all right um jack and jim are buddies going way back they uh, turn to a life of crime they are they mug somebody and Jack, after they mugged him, stabs Jim in the back and steals the money, leaving him to die in the street. All right. If I am tweeting, I can't believe Jack betrayed him by stabbing him and leaving him to die. Major spoiler. If you say, I can't believe Jack betrayed Jim. Also a spoiler, because that is a plot point. I can't believe Jack is such a backstabber. But see, Da-dum. boom, would that be a spoiler? I can't believe Jay did that to Jay. <laughs> yeah. So well, Jay's always been like that. But as time goes on, the first the first one is still a spoiler. The second one, less of one over time, because there is this big gray zone of what is a spoiler. And then there's ones that obviously are Dumbledore. Yeah. Well, and also there's the. Um, uh, the fact that Game of Thrones is trying to do red herrings and sure. throw out little left turns, so that you don't, you don't, you can anticipate like hell, but you're still caught off guard um, on things. And I, I bet that has a lot to do with it as well. And people are super passionate about that show. They've invested all this time in it, yeah. And so things happen, and they gotta get it out. And if there's no one to talk to there, there's certainly a lot of people to talk to out there and throwing it in 240 characters. You you know, it's funny because I didn't even like uh, Paul's thread Mm -hmm. um, that I was participating in uh, and uh, a few others jumped in on. Uh, I... I sometimes don't think of Twitter as as so much out there that anybody who's you know following or whatever can see it. So I just I saw this conversation sure. between me and Paul, and, and part of it is Twitter's weird algorithm too, yeah. because yeah. on your feed it will show you somebody's response in the middle of a thread yeah. without giving the right. reason why or after. And, and we didn't even hashtag. 
No, exactly. This, this was just this was just Paul going off, and you know the rest of us but, laughing along with him. But Not because, to mention, like if you're on Facebook and you you add a comment to a list of comments, it stays in that comment section. Whereas on Twitter, if you comment on somebody's post, everybody that's following you sees your comment or your retweet, and then it just spreads like wildfire on Twitter. Which is another reason I hate Twitter right now. Mm. So sure, and goddamn, I was angry. I was so angry. But I've since calmed down now, and I'm like, just for my peace of mind, some people are being temporarily unfollowed and will be followed again later. Some will be permanently unfollowed because some of those were goddamn egregious. And I'm like, if you are willing to ruin this for people, you're going to ruin something else for me later on, so I'm just going to leave you behind. Mm -hmm. So there are levels. Fucking Dave Batista. What? No, it's a throwing out a name. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he figured he'd throw out a name of a guy who could kick his ass with, you know, out even thinking about it. I was going to say one last thing before we get into the news here. One last thing. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. quietly had its season premiere on Friday. Yes. Oh. And it seems like nobody knew it. Like, like I, I watched the episode. I was very happy with the episode. And then I looked on, you know... The internet and nobody's talking about it. Well, you see, Marvel fans don't spoil. Mm-hmm. So, well, well so, th- maybe what? that's it. <laughs> but my, I my don't. New, my new sites. I will say we're talking about it. The one that okay. used for research on this show. And I will also say, going back a step, that one of my new sites spoiled is it for you, motherfuckers. It wasn't the Latin. News they didn't thing. give you the whole spoilers Latin, ahead. Latino Stop here. review. <laughs> <laughs> the the headline for the article was a spoiler x person died and fans are mad about it naming the character in the headline mm. and that is goddamn egregious so shame on you sci-fi.com yeah. for that bullshit i stumbled across uh for endgame there was uh i forget which um which uh, IG or uh, the Mary Sue, I can't remember which one, but there was one, it just like flashed across my feed in Facebook, Scarlet, uh, Scarlet Widow. I Scarlet love that character. Widow. Oh, Jesus, Black Widow <laughs> that would was be like, not <laughs> served well by Endgame. And I instantly was like, I know what happened there. Mm-hmm. Scarlet and Widow would have been an awesome Marvel Plus series, or mm. Disney Plus series. <laughs> <laughs> could still happen. Yeah. Dude, cut that out. I might use that one. That's a good character name. <laughs> but it's out there already. Yeah, I guarantee. Yeah, I'm but sure it, it is. It, it you know um, sometimes you can actually dance around and still end up revealing stuff. I've 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 tried to vague book stuff occasionally, and I've still had been yelled at. You know. So. Speaking also of spoilers, one that pisses me off with Marvel right now. I was just watching. Um, a commercial for Endgame the other day, and I I don't know what made me stop because usually I'm fast forwarding commercials when it's on the DVR, but for some reason I stopped to watch this commercial for Endgame, and in one of the segments that they showed on screen is Cap grabbing Mjolnir out of the air and holding it next to his shield, and I'm like, seriously, Marvel? I wow. mean, I get that you know the whole you know the blackout curtain has been lifted but sure but that's not the first time they've still, done that sort of thing they mm. did that with you put the rational rock when they destroyed when they destroyed bolmir yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean that, that that was a pretty significant 
spoiler yeah. to be in the trailer. That's, I mean, Mjolnir getting crushed, I could kind of see because it's not a major plot point, but it happens, it's enough of a plot point. And it happens early that, in the movie. Sure. Yeah. Sure, you're right. There is a difference between these two. But this is a scene that happens well at the end of the movie mm-hmm. and is pretty significant. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, marketing probably judged. Yeah. Enough of course people have seen it, and they're like, it's awesome that Cap is using Mjolnir. So let's, let's get... Let's get it, them excited to watch it there, again. I forget what the hell I watched, but I stumbled across something where marketing was talking about... Uh, marketing people were talking about films and stuff. And a lot of them were like, you guys got to understand, a lot of times when we make these trailers, we don't have the whole movie. They give us bits and pieces, and we have to put the trailer to interest you in watching the movie out of those bits and pieces. Mm, And it's like they're working from, you know, they're working with what they've got. And, And sometimes they don't even have a coherent movie, so they may not even know that they're, they're actually awesome ruining visuals, yeah. shit when they do that, yeah. which I was suppose. very illuminating. I mm. was I was totally like, holy sh-. But when you hear, yeah, they, 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 they did the final edit three hours before the midnight premiere, you know, you realize all those trailers that came out beforehand, okay, yeah, that's actually reality. Mm-hmm. Never, ever thought of that. And to go back on the Game of Thrones a little bit, I'm also very self-aware that I'm very, very sensitive to Game of Thrones spoilers Mm. uh, because to this day, I am still holding uh, Entertainment Weekly in contempt (laughs) (laughs) for their cover that said, he's alive with guarding a character of Game of Thrones Mm. and... And I've never forgiven them. Wow. I, I canceled my subscription and wrote them a nasty letter. I remember day. that. I yeah. remember sure that did. story. So, yeah, I, I realize I'm also overly sensitive with this particular show. So a, a weird nerdy thing I stumbled across this week. Um, an ad popped up uh, while I was playing either Scrabble or one of the stupid block-breaking games where I'm wasting time waiting for something to happen. Um it starts off with you know you know you know the theory oh everyone has their superpowers you know it shows like inferno guy and it's like fire fi- power fire and it's like weakness fire extinguisher and it shows him spraying out the fire extinguisher okay. and then it's um, hamster man power is in a hamster ball weakness he's in a hamster ball okay and then it goes uh, colossal guy and it goes, super strength he's holding a car weakness pornography. To get into that comment, and I like Kirsten and I watch it for like like five, like three minutes, going what what, and it's an anti pornography. It's a it's a it's a company called what? Covenant Eyes. Oh God, that's Not basically that's actually a like it, it, it's a far right religious. Of course, right. it is. It's like a, it's like it's it's, <laughs> it's like Alcoholics Anonymous for porn. You're supposed to get your buddy and tell them when you're masturbating. <laughs> so everybody. <laughs> Make sure to hop on the lair. <laughs> no, and ask Jeff, for help. Jeff, no. get ready. No, <laughs> you're married now. That, that that role is no longer mine, sir. <laughs> no longer mine. Fine. <laughs> I'll take all the journals back. <laughs> will you be my one? Will you be my buddy to give me wanker words oh, too? Oh my god. <laughs> It's it's a really good commercial. It was put together by the same guys that did the squatty potty. So it's really well done. So I'm watching it. This is pretty funny. What? (laughs) Yeah. His secret shame. Not so secret because he tells his buddy Wingman. 
Oh. <laughs> wow. I can't fire anything. I'm just really supportive. <laughs> don't don't do don't do it, buddy. Don't do, pull pull your pants back up. Don't do it. No, no. You're stronger than this. Oh, I'm what, strong. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? <laughs> Jesus would go to news you don't give a shit about. Jesus would do the stranger. <laughs> That's see the secret is you got to sit on your hand for about a half hour. <laughs> so that's why they took out the Gnostic gospel. Oh yeah, <laughs> Gnostics def- is def- nasty. Definitely in the apocrypha, right up there with Lilith. Oh god, Lilith and the stranger. No. And also, after it's been under your leg, hold it up next to a light bulb. That'll that that actually gets it warm. Oh, mm. good note. Important safety tip. That's going in my journal. The more you know. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh my God. <laughs> that would be an <laughs> awesome <laughs> series of web short. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> when getting a Blumkin. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the more you know. Da, 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 you know. The Cleveland Steamer. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> This is full of great ideas. Dirty Sanchez. We're all enthusiastically participating. (laughs) (laughs) A month after a number of horror trailers accidentally frightened some children in the UK, in a UK-based movie theater, a theater in the US erroneously screamed the curse of La Llorona instead of Detective Pikachu. Whoops. Nice. This was documented by Screen Rant's Ryan George in a collection of tweets that underscored the big mistake. Luckily, the theater's employees realized what was going on, shut off the Conjuring-verse movie, eventually moving everyone to a new theater for the Pokemon experience they paid for. A mere 45 minutes into the movie. But not before the kids got to watch trailers for Joker, Annabelle Comes Home, Child's Play, and the opening scenes of Lara. Oh, my God. (laughs) Apparently, there was a lot of crying in the audience. Oh, Um, my God. That is awesome. uh, I went to see a very early screening of The Aristocrats. Okay. And an angry woman walked out of that with her kid in tow 15 minutes into the movie. Did she think it was Aristocrats? 15 minutes into Aristocrats. Did she think it was Aristocats? She must have. She had to have. <laughs> the oh, Disney no, film? dude, she saw she saw Pendulette and thought it was some kind of magic mm. fucking thing, probably. Mm. And <laughs> I was told the less you know about this movie going in, the better. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> she gets they, on social media. Why didn't any of you spoil this for me? You know before what? Before social media. They should be horrified if they had to watch that Joker trailer. Oh, wow. you're not feeling that, huh? Shots fired. Not Shots fired. even close. Ooh, really? Yeah. No. Wow. Because yes. I kind of dig it. I, I think this may be a DC boycott for me. I'm not going to lie. Wow. Like all of DC or just Joker? Just that, okay. just that film. <laughs> it's a Joker boycott. I, I judge each film based on its merits. But you wacky bastard. I know. <laughs> and he gets its merits from its trailer. Mm. Just, but not Joker. I, I, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to say I'll go see it. And and then judge it because it just you won't be seeing it opening evening. You know what? Let let the feelers do the work yes. for you. Go and see critics that you trust. Talk to friends that I trust, Indeed, and then take it and, from there. Yes. Don't black out that, social that media. <laughs> black it the fuck out. Talk to Professor Biggs. <laughs> oh my god. He's yeah, no, it, it, he, it, he and I have usually is when it comes to DC movies. He and I usually have a pretty similar view yeah. on them. So 
But okay. his review will probably start with, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and an audio cue, too. Yeah. News you don't give a shit about. Yes. <clears throat> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the Disney-produced film about a scientist and the shrinking-slash-growing members of his family. Red light. Is getting an update from its 1989 origins. A reboot called Shrunk is in the works from Disney that would set Josh Gad as the central star. The reboot looks to pick up long after the third movie in the series. So it's Hun- a sequel then. Yes. More or less. But that's kind of how the, the whole reboot thing is happening. They're it's telling called the, a soft reboot. Yeah, they're telling the same story, but later. Yeah, just like the, uh, the vacation movie so, was with Ed Helms. Yeah. That's a soft reboot because okay. they tie it into the... The greater universe, but it's its own story moving forward. But the plot's the same. Yeah, okay. exactly. All right. Because I saw that when we were at the theater tonight, I saw there was a Shaft movie coming out. Damn right. And <laughs> there's a 2000 movie that has also called Shaft. And there was a 1972 movie also called Shaft. Yes. And I just found, I went through Wikipedia while we were waiting for the movie to start. And it all tied together. And Richard Roundtree is in all of them. Well, that's As well he should be. That's because they say Shaft is a bad motherfucker. Shut your yeah. mouth. But oh, I'm talking about Shaft. You were saying Shaft. Yeah, what do you think I was I saying? I kept hearing you say Shaq is back. No. And I'm like, why does he give a fuck <laughs> that Shaq is doing another movie? I'm waiting for the sequel to Shaq Fu. Shazam 2. Yeah. He, and, and then he said it in the theater. He's like, Shaq is back. And I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck is he? I was wondering why you were so confused. I was. And angry. You were angry about me liking Shaq. It was like, would you just shut up? <laughs> shut up about, about Shaq. Shaq? <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, the shit I miss. It's, it's Samuel L. Jackson reprising the role. Sure. But, but I guess, but like he was saying, I guess they tie all the all the films together. Yes, like and, through flashbacks I, or something. I think the main character is well. It's 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 uh, Samuel Jackson's son or nephew in this it, upcoming one is is Shaft three is John Shaft third. Okay, that they call something else. But anyways, super. But, but he's he's an FBI something, and he's and, an FBI and his buddy gets killed, and he and they calls on all three generations to help them solve the crime. Oh, three generations of shafts. Yes, Richard Roundtree, Samuel Jackson, and this there's new guy. some enthusiastic participation. Yeah. Yeah. Same movie. Is that, is that a porno? Bum, three bum, generations bum. of shafts. <laughs> 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 or is it one of those a triple X parody? It is, but one that gets you get you called on. That's a crossover <laughs> porn parody. Fifty Shades of Shaft. <laughs> oh, that's just racist, Dan. <laughs> Uh-huh. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, the reboot <laughs> of the Shrunk looks to pick up. Shrunk. We were talking about Shrunk. <laughs> Shrunken Shaft? Were they, were they swing in a cold pool? Well, as who the, are they the, going to the, play? The Christian group wants you to have that. Okay. Yes. Who are they going to play Shrunk? Is it Michael Myers again? <laughs> After the third movie in the series, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, which saw Adam, the son, played by Bug Hall. 30 years later, Adam repeats the mistakes of his father. Uh, the film is reportedly planned for theaters rather than for Disney+. Plus. No creative team seems to be attached at present. As Slash Film reports, Disney's currently looking for someone who enjoyed the originals enough to give it the love it deserves. Uh, no word on when Shrunk will begin production. But it can be damn sure Rick, Moore, Rick Brennan is not coming anywhere near this turkey. Pretty much. <clears throat> Buck all? Sorry? What's his name? A bug 
Hall. Bug Hall. I Bug? Gotta, his I, first name is Bug? I, I yes. think I need to get my ears clean, because I swear I thought you said fuck all. <laughs> Played by fuck all. And now he's just yeah, like... He's starring in Shaq. That, that's, <laughs> yeah, and Shaq. It's like, what the hell is going on? Well, I don't know. Fuck all is a fair assessment. <laughs> Kirsten has an ear infection. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus, I can't hear a thing. <laughs> so, yeah, we're getting the new shrunk. Although Josh Gad is good. Yeah. So Just, I, I, I I don't... Does that movie even interest anybody anymore? I, I, I saw they had a it on uh, HBO recently, and I watched it and realized it does not hold up very well. And I think that's part of it, is that it... It was a huge moneymaker for oh, Disney. Oh, yeah. Massive, yeah, 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 yeah. A massive yeah, amount of money. In fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like one of their highest grossing hits ever at that time. It surprised yeah. them how much money it made. Like, yeah, it did. Disney it was, was like, whoa. I mean, they, were, know what? they made Disney attraction based on it was so popular. Yes. Right? I've you been know what? You it. can make it much, much cheaper now. You don't have to make giant props. You can do all the CG, digitally. Yeah. And not only that, but I think their whole thing is... Imagine what we could do now with the effects we have today. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And that, I think that's the whole impetus. Of and thing. I think the other part of it is you get a lot of these um, younger audiences who don't watch something simply because it's old. Mm-hmm. That's true right? too. And so you take Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and you just remake it, but with current actors and more importantly the current tech and production value. And I think and th- they'll all go swarming back to it. And storytelling method too. If you yeah. watch an old movie, you watch, if you watch a movie from the seventies, even. Yeah. Well, it's not some a, of them well, seem glacially paced. Well, well yeah. the, and the we seven- watched we watched um, we watched uh, Michael Caine porn this week. We oh, watched, oh god! We watched a Michael. We had X-rated Michael Caine movie. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, X-rated get movie. Carter. Oh, okay. Was and it, and, it was X-rated. And it was boy, it, it it was slow. It was. It was English. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and, and, and but I think that um, I th- uh, where the fuck was I going? God damn it, Andy! He totally the, derailed. We were talking about younger audiences. Yeah, younger audiences watching the. Oh, Vernon said that he actually had success turning younger people onto the original series by having them watch the remasters. And yeah. in a lot of cases, the remastered episodes with the improved effects, they actually have an appreciation for the series, and they actually enjoy it where they would not have before. So I think a lot of the the newness, it's not so much it's a hot newness or anything like that. It's just you update it, and they'll do it. You know, that, yeah, Honey, I, mean, I Shrunk the Kids, they'll watch that, but you make you remake it, in today's production value, and the, they'll go see it. The concept is not really new. I mean, no, of for the not. entire hundred years of cinema, they seem to do Incredible that kind of thing. Man. Like, yeah, like about every twenty years or so, like reintroducing it to a newer audience oh, yeah. with newer film techniques. Yeah. Ben Hur, Ben Hur, uh, Ant Man, Scarface, you know, was the, not. Yeah, an, uh, that that movie was made remade twice before right. Al Pacino got they, a, a they chance. They remade at the a rule. Star Is Born three times. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. And, and went all agaga about and, the latest. And the jazz singer too, didn't they? Oh, yep. oh that's nice. Oh, that's thank you. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah although, Sit down, it's Andy. Good. Sit down. I'm done. I'm down. <laughs> although I do recommend the Neil Diamond version of Jazz Singer versus the older one. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh that's a uh, that's a painful watch nowadays. <laughs> 
Yeah. But um yeah, I think I think that has a lot to do with it. It it's so funny when people are shrieking about Hollywood is run out of ideas and it's well, like guys <laughs> wait, let me translate. Hollywood has run out of ideas is what that was. You know what, Andy? <laughs> don't even don't even act like you need to translate it's me. It's a switcheroo. <laughs> well, and what's sad about Freaky Friday. The jazz singer is like, for film cinema history, it is a significant milestone in film cinema history, but it is horribly racist when you look at it's it now. It's a horrible milestone. Yeah. Birth of a Nation, I understand, yes. is really well filmed. Well, no, no, that, it, that, <laughs> that was a film that was done, that was lauded for its editing technique which was brand new for the time it was so well historically speaking it was a groundbreaking cinematic triumph it's also really goddamn horrible awfulness about how they treat what you say native americans and you make saying the kkk the heroes is a bad thing (laughs) (laughs) well you know andy yeah yeah, you think it's the way they burned atlanta ah it is the way they burned atlanta Uh, uh, I'm I'm having another libertarian argument on oh. uh, Facebook. Uh, and, why? Why do you uh, bother? So to not get too and you'd actually be happy, Todd, because the opening gambit wasn't spoilery at all. Oh, okay. The opening gambit was. It, it, you know what? I know what happened, and I haven't seen the show, so I know it, yeah. it, it's spoilery. Uh, it was when Lincoln. They revere Lincoln when he did it to Atlanta. That was the opening line because it's the right wing libertarian uh, thing of Lincoln was actually a horrible human being. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I plunged in there and uh, and Andy at one point is like, what the hell is so and so talking about Atlanta? And I explained it to him and he's like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so how did they burn Atlanta? It's going to be my my code word for any spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> we can geek. Yay. Disney unveiled its up-to-date theatrical release schedule that includes all of 20th Century Fox properties it purchased back in late March. The biggest two developments on that front include James Cameron's four planned sequels to 2009's Avatar, as well as Lucasfilm's Star Wars franchise. Avatar 2 originally meant to open on December 18th, 2020, has been pushed back a year to December 17th, 2021. As such, all subsequent follow-ups have been bumped out of their original opening weekends with Avatar now opening in 2027. Avatar 5. I I really liked Cameron's Avatar. I just think it's been too far removed. Important distinction. The... Yeah, it's like from the original <laughs> theatrical release of the first one. No, Cameron's Avatar as opposed to the uh, Avatar of the Last Airbender. Yes. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Which uh, apparently incensed a lot of fans of the cartoon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, if you need a recap, watch Fern Gully. Yeah. <laughs> Additionally, in the wake of December's The Rise of the Skywalker, still opening December 20th, three untitled projects set in the Star Wars universe are now on the new schedule. Uh, the first of the group, confirmed to be a live-action film, will be released on December 16th, 2022. The other two follow on December 24th, 2024, and December 18th, 2026, which means they got the note to open them in December. Good. Yes. Yeah, but they're doing them every two years instead of every yes. year. This is true. This is true. Damn. 
In terms of the X-Men, all projects that aren't Dark Phoenix or the New Mutants have been yanked from the schedule. Ooh. Um, Almost all of them were untitled, but the Gambit feature was among those that were named. (laughs) Uh, Dark Phoenix opens June 7th, while New Mutants has been bumped yet again to April 3rd of next year. Uh, When it comes to the MCU, the schedule contains six untitled Marvel movies between 2020 and 2022, so that's not long at all. Uh, We can probably assume most of those will be taken by Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2, Captain Marvel 2, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and The Eternals. Uh, List also includes four untitled Pixar projects, Indiana Jones 5 on July 9th, 2021, Uh, James Gray's Ad Astra, September 20th of 2019, the third Kingsman movie in 2020, Cruella DeVille's origin film in 2020, God, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil in October 18th, 2019, uh, Free Guy, July 3rd, 2020, and Bob's Burgers, July 17th, 2020, and uh, much more. Free Guy or Three Guy? Free Guy. Guy, F R E E G U I. It's. I think that's about a video game NPC that becomes uh, sentient. Okay. <laughs> NPC man. Bob's Burgers. That's funny. Uh, you know, I man, I really got to get to work for Marvel because mm. I'm coming up with so much IP for them. Mm-hmm. I described something to that I thought of to Andy the other the other day, and it was really funny because we're killing zombies, and I described this thing. And there's like bang, bang, boom, bang, bang. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a. It was a good idea. Yeah, and I would. So, I would definitely. And I was, would read that book. It was. Ah. It was sort of like uh, shit. Is it, you know because a lot of what I've been thinking about is just drawing on you know new stuff, but from the old stuff. So instead of creating a whole new superhero, just do like a a spin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or a villain. Uh, a lot of my, a lot of the ideas, I, it, it's like the child of a villain who wants to be good, and you know, you, so you essentially you have mean like the, the descendants. Yeah, but you, you, well, but it's that's not the theme. That's not the theme. It's just how you get to that particular hero. It's still a Marvel property. It's still a Marvel IP. It's still identifiable. So instead of doing something like, uh, I'll do a cheap version uh the wrecking crew okay. you've got the one character he's black thunderball i actually love him because i love the big wrecking ball thing and, and the way he does that so one thought is like thunderball has a daughter and she uh inherits the wrecking ball inherits the power to do it and and that's like one of the weaker ideas but that's along the line. So instead of just like, well, boom, poof, oh, look, Thunderball's now a woman. It's like you tie in. Generationally. The, the generationally. You, and, and I've been doing a bunch of things and also alternative world stuff. I think after Endgame, the mainstream audience is a little more comfortable with alternative uh, world stuff. So I think Marvel could actually really go batshit crazy mm. if they wanted. It'd be so cool. If at some point Warner or DC gets so bankrupt, they have to be sold to Marvel, and then the Amalgam comics actually can be made into movies. Yeah. It's kind of frightening giving Disney all this shit. I know. <laughs> it's terrible. But at the same time, AT&T has way too little much competition. I know. Well, remember, remember For when now, we, when until we, the corporate wars. When we talked about this shit 
years ago we were talking about x-men avengers proposals and all that stuff and i made some kind of fucking uh prediction that you'll know comic book superhero movies are dying when you act uh, it was something about uh marvel getting scarlet witch and 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 quicksilver and then it happened <laughs> and and nobody was fucking dying mm-hmm. so now my new prediction okay. is comic book superhero movies will be dying when the amalgam comics <laughs> when it's avengers versus jla <laughs> no not even amalgam that. when we, no, no, we have uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, dark uh, dark claw the combination of exactly wolverine right. and batman superman and captain america merged as oh, the super soldier i just got chills and they were the good kind mm-hmm. mm. and doctor fate and doctor strange merged as doctor strange fate and <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. That's a real book. Yes, it is. And so, or, so, I, or how I stopped worrying about and loved comic crossovers. Did they do it? Did, did yeah. they do a Swamp Thing, Man Thing crossover? Swamp Thing, Man Thing. I believe that yeah. happened. Um, oh yeah, they did stuff. I it, so don't want to read these. Oh come on, come on, Doctor Strange Fate. Just the name. Come on. The name Todd. is the name is fantastic, and I can have nourishment from that. <laughs> <laughs> God, what was uh, 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 what? Who'd they mix uh, uh, Wonder Woman with? Uh, shit, I can't fucking remember. I don't remember. Um, is this fantastic? Uh, no, no. Oh, one of Captain might have been Captain Marvel. Uh, my Wonder Marvel, Captain no. Wonder Marvel. No, Cap- you, Shazam <laughs> and Wonder Woman are the same. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know. But anyway, that's my new prediction. You'll you the end. Of the comic book superhero movies will come when you see the Amalgam Universe characters. I agree. One hundred percent. What about the uh, Billy Batson Gomer Pyle Amalgam? Oh, Shazam! 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 There you go. <laughs> yes, keeps going in and out of character because <laughs> the kids will flock to the Gomer Pyle movie. <laughs> the gay country boy who becomes a man. Are we going back down that porn line again? Yeah. Okay. It always goes back to porn. Sex and death. Sex and death. That's that's the theme. Oh, it was Wonder Woman and uh, Storm. Storm. Wonder Storm. It's got to be right. It's got to be Wonder Storm. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be Storm Woman. It's got to be Wonder Storm. Anyway. (laughs) One of my favorite was Catwoman and Elektra, and they called her Catsai. Cat's eye? Ah, that's clever. That was good. That's clever that because the other way would have been awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot they did this one. Globo the duck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, <laughs> what are you doing, Todd? Stop I don't writing. even want to know. Stop writing, Todd. Oh, the character's name was Amazon. The uh, Wonder Woman storm crossover. Mm-hmm. Boring, dumb, stupid, moving mm. on. Oh, that was wow. Awful. Jeez, way. Who? Wow. Amazon. I didn't know. Amazon, I, really? I did not know Jake Mattingly was uh, <laughs> joining us this evening. <laughs> Holy crap. Well, no, at least I'm he didn't say it was Jake called Amazon Mattingly. Prime. Yeah. <laughs> you went from Dr. Fate. Strange Fate. Strange Fate. Dr. Strange Fate. To Amazon, that's the best you can do? Wonderstorm. Captain Wonderstorm. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Andy is now wrapped up researching. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at it. I mean, there were some weird ones I did not know about. I, well, how they many also, were there. 
Uh, they, a actually, lot. They, they they were one shots. Okay. And they actually, I didn't know this, but they did a couple of waves of them because there are some that I've heard of that I was like, I don't remember that when it first, because I got a few when they first came out way back in the 90s. Okay, 90, that makes sense that this the, happened the, in there the There you go. <laughs> oh, Hulk. Oh. Hulk, who is Hulk merged I haven't with? seen that one yet. Generation Hex where they combined uh, Generation X and Jonah Hex into the same Yeah. Thing. Well, the 90s, they were throwing anything against the wall to see if it would stick. Thor no, Ryan. No idea too was too outrageous. Yes, that's, Thor heard. Ryan. What is that, Orion? Thor and Orion yeah, okay. from the New Gods. Great. That was that, cool. That's a great name. Um, I, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I, I think uh, John Romita Jr. drew that one. It looked, it, or Simonson. It, it, looked, it looked tasty. Uh, How about a Rorschach this is Punisher not- mix-up? Punishack. <laughs> Punishack. I like this it. whole episode and, is Punishack. Instead of instead of the the mask over his face, his skull oh, is just yes. like is all Rorschachy. There there Why? is a uh, oh it's Bat Thing. They didn't combine Swamp Thing and Man Thing. They combined Batman and uh, Man Thing and Man Thing. Bad Bat choices. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's when that's when you could tell they were losing. Steam. You think Mag- <laughs> Magnetic Men versus Magneto? That's a stupid thing. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not seeing a Hulk one. Oh, that's Hulk. weird. Hulk, Hulk was uh, uh fuck. Who Iron the, Lantern. Iron Lantern. Um I can dig that. Who the hell was Hulk mixed with? Um God damn it. I am I can't I don't know. Andy's failing me. Uh that's so much. It's a deep, deep well of fallen. Green into. arrow and hawkeye, green eye. Yeah. <laughs> and his and his friend Brown Eye. Hmm. <laughs> I was just gonna say if he was mixed up with the brown hornet, it would be You could have Snapper Car and Pie Face. Snapper face. I think they tied I think they actually did Snapper Car and Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy uh, 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 what's his name? The Captain Marvel's buddy. Um and oh Rick Jones. Oh Rick Jones. I think they combined they those. Rick Jones actually bitch. might have, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, that was a fun tangent. A <laughs> little little tangent there. Yeah. So anyway, shrunk. I wouldn't have said fun, but <laughs> uh, Marvel news as as it turns 80 years old this summer, Marvel is celebrating with Marvel Comics number 1000. Oof. Oh yeah. A special 80-page one-shot arriving in August. Each page of the book dedicated to a different year will be handled by 80 separate writer and art teams. Hmm. I, I I don't think I think it's saying that each page will be done by a different team. I don't think each page will be done by 80 teams. I'm just No, I I, okay. I yeah, I, I think I, we I, I think we got you. Okay. Uh, I was going to just ask Jeff because to explain the, that's it to the me. sentence as I wrote it. Apparently, um, <laughs> each of the eighty pages will be done by a separate team. Thank you. You are now writing this uh, this show. You'll be <laughs> I did it once before. <laughs> You'll see once. once. <laughs> You'll see mainstream characters like Iron Man and Thor, as well as more obscure ones like Night Thrasher and Blue Marvel, uh, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and the Black Eyed Peas are just some of the folks who are contributing to number 1,000. I can't wait to see what the Black Eyed Peas do. Yeah. Quote, this is by far the most complex and complicated and difficult book I've ever had to assemble, said Tom Brevoort, Marvel's executive editor and senior vice president of publishing. 
Uh, DC Comics recently celebrated two milestone issues as well with Action Comics 1000, that's the banner which Superman was first debuted, and Detective Comics 1000, the banner of Batman's debut. Nice. Uh, I'm we, looking forward to it. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I like those special celebratory shots. So I found the, uh, the Hulk one. Oh, there was a Hulk one. Yes. They combined it with the Joker. He's the big joke. You're a big joke. I didn't like it for a second, and now I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come yeah. on, think about it. Yeah. Just, just give it a moment. Yeah, you do. Give it, it a moment. Just... So, oh, Bruce Wayne, agent of Shield. That's fun. Yeah. Yes, that actually, that actually was one that. Now that you mention it, Andy, that did stand out because that's a, that's actually a pretty good one. They did also Namor and Aquaman. Ugh. I don't know. Oh, Man Bat and the Man Thing. Yes, I said that. No, you said Batman. He said Batman, didn't I did. he? He did say Batman. I did say you're right. You're right. Yeah. That, you're damn right I'm right. Yeah. So, uh, Sorry, you're always right, sir. Well, you know. They should have just went with Batman thing. Yeah. <laughs> Giant size Batman thing. <laughs> Batman's thing. Colossal Batman's thing. Giant size thing. Batman's thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to get a copy of that comic at some point. Giant size man thing. Yeah, yes you do. Yes you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot the title was Thorion and the New As Gods. They didn't think that one through. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. <laughs> Again, a triple X parody. <laughs> I'll give you a kick right in the Asgard. Yeah. Wow. Oops. I oh, I left my Asgard at home. Oh, the nineties, huh, guys? <laughs> <laughs> but Thorion. Isn't that just a fancy name for a muffler? The Asgod. <sighs> the pillow strikes again. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings us to our next story. Oscar winning screenwriter Alvin Sargent has died at the age of 92. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, we're not ending on a death, are we? No, of course we're not. I got to go into a fucking death story. <laughs> so after that upbeat, <laughs> upbeat bit that Andy and I put together for you guys, we go right into a death story. Oh, I'll take that to transfer. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. You'll carry through this, but I, I saw. I saw the. I saw the. Uh, I'll. I'll save it for afterwards if, if, you, if you cover it or not. Carry on, my wayward son. Uh, there won't be any peace when you're done. <laughs> Story of the show. Sergeant did an uncredited rewrite on Sam Raimi's 2002 blockbuster Spider-Man, and went on to write the screenplay for 2004's Spider-Man Two. He also wrote its sequel, Spider-Man 3, with Sam and Ivan Raimi. Then, in 2012, co-wrote the Amazing Spider-Man reboot with James Vanderbilt and Steve Clovis. They'd end up being the final four films of his career. His early credits include episodes of The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, Naked City, and the courtroom drama For the People, which starred a young William Shatner. Okay, see, I understand what you led with the superhero stuff, because this is geek shock. The headline I saw was, Spider-Man screenwriter dies. He won Oscars for like two different movies and was nominated for Paper Moon. I'm getting to yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Todd. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I don't have to finish it because, yes, he also got one for Ordinary People. Ordinary People, that's in it. In 81, yes. <laughs> and Best Adapted Screenplay for Julia in yeah. 1978. And But that's the headline is Spider, Spider-Man 2 and 3. Ah! 
Don't, don't well, why, why is he why is he yelling at me? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, yell, I'm yelling at, I'm yelling at the news media for ignoring his Oscar winning stuff and going to Spider Man two and three. That's why I started with Oscar winning screenwriter Elvin. You did, but the the headline I saw <laughs> yeah. the headline I saw in the you are mad at a headline in the internet. Welcome to my world. <laughs> They spoiled the surprise. Yeah. Nobody knew he won an Oscar, right. and you know everyone's talking about it now. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, Hillary Swank, the double Oscar winner, Ooh. Uh, will star in a new space-based series called Away for Netflix. The Batman and War of the Planet of the Apes writer and director Matt Reeves is one of the executive producers on the project, which will star Swank as Emma Green, an American astronaut who must leave her family behind to undertake a dangerous mission in space with an international crew under her command. Uh, this is the second genre-related project that Swank and Netflix have teamed up on. Swank also stars in the upcoming movie I Am Mother, which debuted at the Sundance Film Festival earlier this year and will arrive on Netflix on June 7th. In I Am Mother, Swank plays a mysterious stranger who upsets the dynamic between a teenage girl and the robot who has raised her in an isolated bunker following the fall of humankind. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a that's a hell of a premise. Not out yet. No, June 7th for that movie, and there's no uh, given time for Away. All right. Away with this story. <laughs> a space Columbo popped into my head when you said in space. Yeah. <laughs> now, let me get this straight here. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me? <laughs> just, 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 just one more thing. One more thing, Miss Swank. <laughs> uh, Antstream. Antstream? <laughs> oh, that was a really little-known amalgam comic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody combination of Ant Man and a vitamins rich stream of urine. <laughs> Man, I I think he's holding the record for stopping things dead. That <laughs> you mean stomping things dead? Uh, it's not even stopping them. He's just literally stomping them into the ground. <laughs> I would have gone with Ant Man and. Ice Man, but okay. I don't know. know. Yes, something. Hydro Man. uh, uh, Stream Man. I don't know. (sighs) Vitamin filled. Where did that come from? That is an interesting set of adjectives to choose, Andy. (laughs) Do tell. Dude, you need to stop reading that tantric shit. (laughs) Is this a geriatric thing? No, this is... (laughs) When we wrote for the Mercury, not a humor section in the Mercury, we were always daring each other to try and fit the phrase vitamin-rich stream of urine into a story. And I think we did it finally, eventually. Yeah, tonight on the show. <laughs> I win, Andrew Corelli. Suck it. It's been years. Give him the trophy. I don't want to see the trophy. Believe it or not, that's not what Antstream is. No! (laughs) A new streaming platform still in the planning stages. Oh, my God. Where's Matt to roll his eyes? Yeah, really. Hoping to become a one-stop subscription-based streaming shop that beams out classic and eh, not-so-classic retro titles 
straight to your smartphone, computer, and Xbox One, and they're hoping the Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4. Uh, AntStream CEO Steve Condom... Condom. Steve Condom? <laughs> they go with your AntStream? Uh, apparently it's, yeah. it's Condom, and I put an N in there. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason. So I can say Condom. <laughs> Damn that autocorrect. The big joke. Says... <laughs> <laughs> the service could legitimize the hugely popular and illegal practice of downloading your old school gaming fix, offering an ever expanding slate of titles that originally appeared uh, on Commodore 64 uh, and Vic 20, apparently, ZX Spectrum, arcade cabinets, and Sega, with the hope of adding PlayStation 1 and NES titles in the future. Quote It's like when everybody was downloading with Napster and Kazaa. And everybody said, nobody's going to pay for music. And I, when I get it all for free, Cotton uh, explained. Then iTunes came along and they priced it reasonably, made it uh, a really good experience. And for a dollar, I can get this music. It's higher quality. No friction works perfectly. It just makes sense. No friction? I think well, that's what, that's what you thing. want in a condom. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know it's working. Lube. Friction free. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I see us doing it. We're the content. We have to offer the content at a really great value and give it a really great experience. That's more pleasurable than doing things illegal. Because it's doing things illegal, like lioness over the cheese grater. We want the kids to stay away from that kind of thing. <laughs> And stream works by doing all the game emulation on its own servers away from your device. That leaves your device with the simple task of downloading the Anstream platform as a gateway, then firing up any old-school gaming titles it carries. Uh, latency delays, Condom told ours, shouldn't be an issue for most of the low-fi games on offer. Did you just call him Condom again? I might have, based <laughs> on pre-launch. Real-world streaming test. So far, Anstream has said it will have at least 400 titles available from day one, but the service, staffed by longtime industry pros who Condom says are all avid retro gamers... Industry prophylactics? <laughs> ...has reportedly already negotiated licensing deals for more than 2,000 games. The service hasn't announced a launch date yet, but when it arrives, it's planning to cost a flat $50 a year... For those who pitched in for the crowdfunding campaign and a full pricing plan to be announced later when Antstream makes its debut in USA and Europe. That that makes um, a lot of sense to you, you make it easily available. I mean, that goes to Paul's excellent argument of yeah. to destroy pirating, you make it easy to pay and easy to get. And then you and with can, good quality, <clears throat> right? And inexpensive, guaranteed. Yes. The combination guaranteed of the quality. three uh -huh. is the sweet spot. The, the, the thing that gets me is th he, he's using the term illegal, and I know it's technically illegal, but really, who is getting destroyed by people illegally streaming a Commodore game? Fine point. <laughs> I mean, I'm hearing all of this shit that is not out there and, and being sold, and people are up in arms about it, and it's like, guys. Also known as abandonware in many well, circles. Well, yeah, it's just, that's the thing that irritates me yeah. about a lot of these arguments. It's like, if your product is not out there for sale, 
Now you're just getting pissy because you can't control its distribution. Sure. Yeah. But one thing I will give toward it is that whole Napster and Kazaa experience because a lot of those old Commodore games don't work great with emulation. That's true. Uh, some work too fast, too slow, don't work at all with bad sound. You, you never know what ROM you're getting guaranteed if you're downloading it from mm -hmm. the cloud. Mm -hmm. So if you have somebody who says, hey, I have this game. It works great on this platform and at a decent price. Yeah, I'm in. Well, well Does yeah. that mean they have to remaster all these things to make them work right? Uh, I, think, <laughs> I, I think. No, seriously. I think if you just fiddle the button, it'll, uh, it'll come. There you go. I mean, look at it this way, Andy. You've, you've been playing mm. all those games at super fast. So once it's at its normal speed, mm. you'll, you'll be the king of Pong. Mm. I, I love how he said fiddle the button and nobody caught on to that. Just oh, no, now. we got oh, it. They got it. It just wasn't funny. We were just. Oh. Well, I, well we, 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 we were laughing on the inside. I accept what I am. <laughs> <laughs> we got some physical mail, gentlemen. So I'm saving it here to the end. Physical, physical mail. mail. Physical, physical mail. mail. Now, I didn't. No, it was for the show because it came in an Amazon package which just said Todd Bristow on it. <laughs> oh, I, I, I actually got the heads up about that and I forgot to tell you. Oh, That's thank my you. bad. <laughs> That's good stuff. I, it, it, I got the message while I was at work and oh, sure. I was otherwise distracted at the time I got the message. Sure. And so, That's my bad. So I opened it up and there's awesomeness in this. It's, it's a whole bunch of Japanese snacks... Oh. And I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe my wife got it, got it through theirs, and, and I. So I asked her about it. It was funny. Did you get? Did you get these Japanese snacks? Because we just gone to the Filipino grocery and got a whole bunch of stuff. And she's like, I might have, because I was looking for something like that for us, and maybe I, I, I bought it by accident. And I'm like, okay, great. This is, I mean, what a selection. If so, and then I'm like, well, just something doesn't sit right. And I looked, I went and fired up the email, see if we got an email that was like, hey, we, I'm sending you this thing. And I'm like, nothing. So I'm like, okay, mystery snacks. Do I solve I the mystery snacks? <laughs> but then at the last moment, I'm like, let me check what I never check. And that is Facebook, Facebook Messenger. Messenger. And sure enough. Pat Spurl has sent us an amazing selection of Japanese snacks of all kinds and sorts. Yes, thank you, Pat. And it was not two hours later when Kirsten said, oh, Pat told me to tell you that uh, you should be getting the package sometime soon. Yeah, I see that, and I shoot you the message, and then he shoots me a message. Oh, he uh, he's already got the heads up. Oh. Okay, so, so thank you, Pat. I'm sweat. the only one to get the message. Damn. Well, so we'll div divvy up these snacks accordingly. I, I don't divvy them up, of course, dude. I I don't I don't even know. We What's amazing is there's a lot in that bag of snacks, but the bag is super light. Everything in there weighs air. Yeah, they weigh they weigh, they weigh yeah. nothing. Mm. It's crazy. That explains why the Japanese are so thin. Yes. So thank you so much, Pat. I'm so excited to get into this because I've been looking at these things for a couple days now and a good hour before I realized where it came from. Kabuki <laughs> Sukuroku? Don't even try. Most of them don't have any kind of translation on them. Well, I mean, Google Translate does some text, but it doesn't always do well with the packaging. But if it's a picture of, of puff balls with garlic on it, I bet you I know what it is. Yeah, well. What's going in your mouth over there, Kay? Mm. Yeah. I don't know, but it's 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 some kind of rice thing, and it's sweet. Ooh! I was like all ready to 
bite into you know those rice cakes that, that it, college it, girls diet on? Oh, okay, yeah, of course. And it looks like a gigantic undusted Cheeto. Yes. Looks I'm like glad a, you went there. Desiccated Twinkie. Because with this episode. Mm. Yeah. But uh, desiccated. <laughs> wasabi Nori. Fr- freeze-dried Twinkies. What's your giant joke? Write to us. Comments <laughs> at UglyCouchShow.com. Giant size big joke. <laughs> and until next week, I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Enthusiastic participant. <laughs> Fact check, Mandy. And we'll talk to you next week <laughs> in Geek. Dude, uh, Andy's been dying for... Yeah, yeah give me that. Just to see what's what. Well, yeah. I was going to get Google Translate out so I could kind of... Oh, we get the Google Translate. This one has a frog on it. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to eat I'll, a frog thing. I'll eat the frog buns. <laughs> it could could be actual frog. It could it be crunchy could be. frog. I'll bet it is. Dude, come on. It's Japanese Constable quitters at one of those. What? What? It's a Python routine where there's, there's a... a it's a whole bunch of uh, awful candies. and, and I don't need an explanation. What did you say? It's the character's name is Constable Clitoris. Oh, okay. Because yeah. we heard... <laughs> Constable Clitoris at one of those. Constable Clitoris is my Joan Jett cover band. Nice. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Insert crickets here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Everybody's so happy on these packages. It's well, so nice. N- yeah, d- dude. Except for that frog. Yeah, the, the Koreans are the ones who are known for putting sad faces on their advertising. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're, they're the creators of the sad meal. <laughs> that, that reminds <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, that's a perfect ending. Sad meal. And the flowers and the trees and the birds and the bees and the flowers.